he respects righteousness. So we thank God for, for operating in that way. So if you'll turn to 1 Kings chapter 18, and we'll start there. And I'll, I'll uh, kind of summarize um, the first part of this chapter. It's a fairly long chapter about um, uh, some of the things that are, were happening in the nation of Israel, kingdoms of Israel and Samaria during this time, and, and the ministry of the prophet Elijah, and uh, how important it is for a nation, a family, a church, a people, to make sure that they know which side they're on. This is more a story about the benefits of a group of people deciding to serve God. No other gods, no false gods, no Allah, you know, no anything like that, but a nation that decides to serve the one true and living God. We are fortunate as Christians to know the living God. When you, because when you need something, you want to talk to somebody that's alive. I don't know any of y'all go to the cemetery if you need $5. I don't care how good Annie was when Annie was living. You don't go to the cemetery and borrow from her because she can't help you. And so, and this is why when you mention the name of Jesus, this is why you get persecuted. You get a reaction because he's alive. He's the only one of them gods that's alive. Amen. He can do something. He can respond. He has power. He has all power and all authority. And so when we know that we serve the one true and living God, those who do not serve that God will get in a competition with us for who knows the real God. There's always this warfare about whose God is real and whose God is not real. Our God can prove his reality to anybody. So don't ever be afraid of declaring what you know about God. And don't be intimidated by these people that just talk loud and, and uh, threaten you and try to make you back down. And always be bold about what you know because you know what you know. They're in ignorance. So knowledge always trumps ignorance. Amen. Pardon the pun. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, it always does. And so when you have knowledge, you have something that you can declare that will leave your enemies puzzled. This is like our, uh, our church is in the city of Hamtramck in Detroit. And on our street, there are about three streets with main, mainly Muslim people. And so we went down the streets and, and uh, passed out invitations to church for Easter service. One young man uh, said, I know more about him than you do. I said, yeah, but I know him personally. People, people know about a lot of stuff, but do they know them personally? Yeah, I said, I've met him personally. I know him personally. And so we can talk about things and talk around things all day long, but can that do anything for you? I can take mine to the bank. You understand what I'm saying? He can't do nothing with his. He can sit and debate and argue and try to out-talk somebody, but I'm cashing checks while he's running his mouth. Hey! Hey! <laughs> uh, huh? You know, like uh, my husband had, you know, his uh, old girlfriends and stuff like that. And they'd be, be sitting, 
sitting around you know you run into them at parties and stuff and you can tell the old girlfriends because they had that look (laughs) and i well it's on the wrong hand but i walk in like this And it's going to be on there till I kill him. <laughs> Woo! I'm messing with y'all. Wake up. Don't go to sleep on me now. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I, I remember his uh, ex-wife sued him for something. He was married before, way before we got saved. Very divorced. They stayed married for a hot minute. You know how young young lust is <laughs> you realize you stuck with somebody you said no <laughs> and keep it moving right so anyway uh, uh i had my y'all remember dallas right yeah. i had an outfit that my husband used to call oh sue ann ewing <laughs> so when we had to go to court that's who i was he said, he said oh he said, come in there looking like Sue Ann Ewing. And she's sitting there crying and begging the judge for stuff. And so I walked in with him and walked out. <laughs> so she's like, huh? You understand what I'm saying? If you're, if you're a missus, you don't have to worry about them exes. Yeah, you ever have to worry. Have to worry. So that's the way we are with Jesus. Huh? You don't have to worry about nothing. You're married to the real deal, amen? So you don't have to try to pretend like you know him or talk a lot about him like you know him. You know him, amen? You don't have to brag about it. That's just who you are. So anywho. So we know the Lord, amen? We know the Lord, and we are getting to know him even better. The more you serve him, the more you know him. But God has specific benefits for a nation who will dedicate themselves to God. The, the reason we don't really get concerned a whole lot about all of the doom and gloom prophecies over this nation, oh, America's being judged. No, honey, we, we've been acquitted. Amen. The blood covers this nation. You understand what I'm saying? When you, when you dedicate things, that has power in the realm of the spirit. Are you kidding me? Every time, this is, this is the reason why we got devils making football players bow instead of doing like this and respecting the flag. Because what we are doing is we are reestablishing our, the dedication of our nation to God. It's got nothing to do with, I mean, the government will come and go. You can elect anybody in the government you want to elect in there. But they'll come and they will go. But God is there forever. And when we dedicate ourselves to the flag, we are reestablishing our covenant as one nation under a God. Amen. God is bigger and more powerful than anybody we can put in the White House, outhouse, hen house. I stole that from Mr. Tommy Lee Jones from the Fugitive. My fave. <laughs> Your suspect is Dr. Richard Kimball. I want you to go uh, uh, investigate every farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, uh, and find him. And they found him too, didn't they? But anyway, I digress. But, uh, you know, God wants us to be confident 
in his authority over this nation. And if you're not confident in God's authority over this nation, you need to go back and read your something they don't teach you in school nowadays uh, about the Constitution. And read about governments who have dedicated themselves to God. So when we read the Bible and read about the nation of Israel, that is a government that has dedicated itself to God. The one true and living God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not Ishmael. So that's the God that we serve. That's the one that we, we are dedicated to. See, people who move to this country don't realize that it's already owned by God. You can't come over here and make God move. You can take him out of school if you want to. He'll pop up in the prison. Take him out of the prison. He'll pop up in the government. You take him out of as many places as you, because he owns this nation. He has ownership of this nation, period. And many have tried and many have fallen dead trying. Amen. But they will not take this nation from God. And he's got one person who's willing to say one nation under God one time. He shows right up and takes care of this nation. You got me? They're bowing their knees to another God. And they got sense enough to know it. Because somebody, when you bow, that's worship. And somebody's receiving it. You got me? So if they're crazy enough to bow even to an unknown God, yeah. huh? like Paul said, say, I, I see you are very superstitious here. You even got, you got a statue for this, 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 and this. And in case you miss somebody, you got one to the unknown God. He said, well, I know who he is. Amen. But get some sense, people. See, Christians are sitting looking at color. They're looking at uh, party. Is it a D or R? And they're not looking at G-O-D. You better get your eyes on God. Because I'm telling you, in this day and age, you miss him, you miss a lot. Because God is winding up his work down here in the earth. And if you stay distracted by politics, you are going to be sorely disappointed. Serving God many years and miss the move of God. This is, this is the church's history throughout church history. It's, it's, the church is notorious for praying, believing, praying, believing, and then when the real thing shows up, because it's not wrapped up like you want it to be, or like your group says it's supposed to flow, then you throw the baby out with the bathwater, you miss the move of God, you wind up fighting the move of God that you prayed so earnestly to come into the earth. That church has a, a, a unfortunate history of that because what happens in the waiting period is like when you first start praying everybody's gung-ho about everything but as time wears on people drop out get discouraged find other stuff to do we go out to play and while we play god comes like the seven the five wise and the five foolish amen god comes in while we're playing and playing politics and getting on Facebook and putting nasty things down about leaders in this nation, all that kind of stuff. Amen. Getting other people angry, sending me videos. I'll make this go viral. I said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to make go viral. I'm going to delete you. That'll go viral. Amen. 
I don't have time for angry people. I really don't. I'm just a woman of peace. <laughs> if you don't get peaceful with me, I'll shoot you. You know what I'm saying. We get it one way or the other. But anyway. But if we don't pay attention to the things of the Spirit, you're going to miss the move of God. And miss it miserably. Because I'll, I'll share with you in this teaching how the move of God was in the nation of Israel. And they had an opportunity to get in on it or miss it. And so many times we miss it because we're distracted by the wrong things. There are too many people. People come with an angry, negative report all the time. Why would you as a believer listen to that nonsense? Always condemning, always criticizing. Everybody's wrong. Nobody's right. Got me? You don't live in that realm. You live in God's kingdom where there's righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. You can enjoy your life. You don't have to get bogged down in a bunch of nonsense. You can live above all of that warfare, seated in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion in every name that's named, not only in this world, but the world to come. So what more power do you want? If you have power, if power in you reigns over what's in the future, what else do you, what else do you want to have power over? Huh? on now so let's get out of the the muck and the mire and the you know truth is people have been lied to a lot in this nation you know an awful lot we we pray that prayer the media prayer about breaking the power of the fourth estate that's what runs this nation right now it's not political parties the media has has far outweighed them in power it's always been a, a power play between the fourth estate and the first, second, and third. Amen. First estate was always, and I'm talking about in, in European culture, because that's one of the oldest ones. That's where this phrase fourth estate came from. But in European culture, there were estates were considered to be power forces in the earth. There were structures. They had societies that were structured in the form of hierarchies. The first estate was always the nobility or the ruling family in that nation. Second one was the clergy, believe it or not. The third estate was the nobility, and that were the people that owned all the property, the, the dukes and princes and all of those people. First was the king and his family, second clergy, Third was dukes, princes, and all the landed people because they wielded power because of their possession, their earthly possession. And the fourth estate, they said, was, has more power than all of them put together, and that was the press. And they have always sought to rule governments, always, because these, these uh, levels of authority, spiritual authority, war against one another and vie for power and authority. And human beings get caught up in it if you don't understand what's going on. So right now in this nation and worldwide, we have the, the uh, reigning of the fourth estate over all of them. The fifth estate is what's going to probably destroy everything. And that is the, the when we talk about the press, we talk about established mainstream CBN, MSN, the old line people, New York Times, <laughs> the gray lady. You know, that's just how much power she has. They, rec- they worship that thing. 
and and uh, and and then we have the internet media, the bloggers. All these people have a voice. WikiLeaks. Right now, the fifth estate is being imprisoned by the fourth estate. Julian Assange is is taking asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy because he is there warrants out for his arrest in the United States. In Sweden, I think it is. A lot of different places. Why? Because this is a power struggle. This has nothing to do with right, wrong, affairs, and not. Ah, these, these spiritual forces war against and imprison one another. Right now, the media in this country has imprisoned our political powers. Huh? But God. You can't put God in jail. Amen? You cannot put God in jail. And so you pray for people that God can use to to rise up in power in this nation. And when he can't use them anymore, sit them down, God, and get some people in here you can use. And this is how we live. You're not, you don't have allegiance to a party. Get real. Figment of your imagination. But some people live and die according to that deer that are. You know what I'm saying? So you get yourself free of that nonsense. And you learn how to listen to God. But more than anything, there is a move of God coming into the earth to empower people to heal the sick. Remember that ministry of ours? We don't have a political ministry. We have a spiritual ministry. So our ministry is to heal the sick, raise the dead, get people into the kingdom while they're willing to come in and while there's time. Because the night is coming very quickly when no man will be able to work. So God wants us to stay in the flow of understanding what he's doing and don't be distracted by nonsense. Cannot be distracted by nonsense. I'll tell you how, how, how powerful political lies are and how powerful the fourth estate has been. Those people had uh, half this nation convinced that their candidate was going to win that election and nobody, two or three people disputed their findings. So you got people who are, are uh, voters, committed voters who are being lied to by another power that wants to control them. And they, the reason these people are so angry because they don't, they don't know now who they can trust because their own people lied to them. See what I'm saying? Oh, she's going to win in a landslide. You know, look at this. And they sat there and watched, and the devil laughed at everybody. He had the biggest laugh on election night because he said, look at it. I got them all fighting each other now. Pretty soon they'll be breaking out in the streets fighting each other. And that's what's happening now. You understand what I'm saying? He turns people. He's not, he's not uh, loyal to anybody but himself. So he'll get in power and turn people against one another. He'll turn one group against one another. And you'll say, well, why would he do that? Why do you think? Steal, kill, destroy. You forget? He's got a different mission than we have. He's got a different mission than we have. He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. And so that's what he does. So as believers, we can, we can take authority over the devil and get him out of everything. That's why I don't get upset about this stuff and wound up about it. I'll pray about something until I get an answer from God. But after that, I'm off and running with that. You understand what I'm saying? And not looking back. 
So you have to stay with what God tells you and understand the power when a nation, a group of people decides to serve God. And that's, that needs to be your decision every day. Huh? I choose to serve God. I choose to get up and believe God. I choose to bless God. Thank you for, for blessing me, God, and helping me. Amen. All of those things you choose to believe and, and understand the living God. So in 1 Kings chapter 18, <clears throat> verse 1 says, After a long time, the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Now, there was a three-year famine on in Israel, Samaria, in, in, in that region. It's not just limited to one little country, but in that region there was famine. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Uh, Ahab was king of Samaria at that time. So Samaria was the, the capital of Judah. Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. They were separated. Uh, after King David died, almost, you know, except for after World War II, now it's one nation, but they were divided. Why? Why does God divide people? Because they're doing evil. When you do good, you can all unite under God. And that's what God wants. He wants his people to decide to serve him. Quit serving themselves. And so he said there was a famine was severe in Samaria. And Ahab had summoned Obadiah, his palace administrator. Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken... A hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, 50 in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive. So what they're doing, they're searching for, for food wherever they can get it. Wherever it grows, he's looking to get it. Now you can tell Ahab is a, a, a bad administrator and king. Because he's scrounging for provision. A godly king would have provision right there. Huh? Huh? When you, when you serve God, you don't want for anything. Huh? Remember Joseph? He came in. He saw where the provision was. It was in the vision of God. So who is godly who can hear from God? They'll get the provision. It's always there. It's always there. We're never desperate for anything. We're never destitute. We're never broke, busted, and disgusted. The provision is always there, folks. It's always there. So he says, as Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground, and says, Is it really you, my lord Elijah? Yes, he replied. Tell your master Elijah is here. (laughs) Obadiah said, What have I done wrong? (laughs) your prophets always have that reputation we say prophets say i don't want you don't tell me nothing i don't want no nothing you know like they go find you in a bad mood like you ain't serving god one day you know what i'm saying but anyway they they always had that response because people knew they heard from god see if you want to hear from god you're glad to see the prophet but if you don't you're not I know somebody who's in ministry is really struggling. They need to hear from God, but they'd rather listen to their wife. Hey! 
hey, got you, didn't I? <laughs> huh? It's true. So you get that reaction. Well, I can pray for you. Would you? You need to hear from God. Would you like to get the word of the Lord? Well, let me pray about it. I said, well, keep listening to your wife. That's why you ain't got nothing now. And all the good wives said, Amen. Now, you got a wife that hears from God. you in business, buddy. But if she's taking, where, taking you where she wants to go, you got trouble. And the more you listen to her, the more trouble you have. What say you, Poppy? <laughs> so here Obadiah is a little scared because he runs into Elijah. He knows Elijah has the word of the Lord without fear. So here you got a fearful prophet versus a fearless one. You want to hang out with the fearless people. I don't care if they scare you every day. You get used to it. You chill out and say, okay, if I got devils, let me repent before I go in the building and not take them. Take no devils in her church where she can see them on me. Let me get rid of them. See, all y'all didn't learn that trick. Y'all get all in the spirit, come into church. Got me a new song. Oh, yeah. It keeps us all healthy in the spirit. So he's upset. Verse 9, what have I done wrong that you're handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death? So Obadiah is not sure God is protecting him and what he's doing. He's a little too close to the king to feel comfortable. And he's just nervous looking for anybody to turn him in. Obadiah, you need to just get peace with God about what you're doing. Come on now. You're going to do it? Do it right. And he says, <clears throat> uh, verse 10, As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is not a nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. So Ahab is hunting Elijah down for no good reason. He ain't want to hear, can you prophesy to me, man? It ain't like that. Huh? It's to see if he can get him subservient to him or capture him. You can capture men, but you'll never capture God. They kill Elijah, somebody else will be raised up. This has gone on forever. God is an everlasting God. Amen. You can kill all his servants, but you can't heal him. He'll just raise up some more. Amen. He says, and wherever a nation or kingdom uh, let me see. Wherever a nation or kingdom claimed that you were not there, he made them swear that they could not find you. But now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here? And he said, I don't know where God's going to take you. In other words, I don't want to get in trouble like they do. People say, I saw Elijah over here. And then Ahab goes and looks and Elijah ain't there because God took him away. And so when they get in trouble... For giving a, a false report to the king. So Obadiah said, uh-uh, you ain't going to mess with me like that. He says, I don't know where God going to take you after I say you over here and you get missing, then I'm in trouble. So he didn't want that headache. 
you could get you know i mean if you lied to a king you're that's a death penalty just depending upon what side of the bed they got up on and so he says he says uh he said yet i your servant has have worshiped the lord since my youth haven't you heard my lord that now he's pleading his cause to elijah to see if he'll let him off the hook for going taking a message to ahab now in god's kingdom there were senior and in junior prophets elijah is the senior prophet everybody knows it so everybody there is is under his authority and they understand that so he's pleading with him to not make him go and do what elijah has told him to do and so he says don't you know what i did i mean in other words i'm taking enough of a risk as it is i'm done my part how many of us have really done all we're supposed to do before god how many of us have really done enough for god that's what he's saying here i've done enough so i don't need no headache i don't need no hassle i'm stressed out as it is trying to feed these 50 prophets over here 50 prophets over there that's a lot of work elijah you know you ain't doing all that he says and now you tell me to go to my master and say elijah is here he's gonna kill me elijah said as the lord almighty lives whom i serve i will surely present myself to ahab today so he says this is the day that i'm gonna talk to this dude he said, I don't know what people have been saying in the past about where I was supposed to be, but I know today this is my day I'm supposed to go talk to him. And that's what I'm going to do. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, is this you, the one who troubles Israel? Hmm? Wicked people always consider godly people to be troublemakers. Huh? that's why we get so persecuted you know by everybody wants to sue the christians now you can't make cakes for whoever you want to make you know you can't make them according to your conscience you got to be forced to do things that god doesn't approve of huh oh y'all think we ought to bake cakes for everybody some people do hmm? just do your job What's wrong with doing your job? That ain't my job. My job ends. <laughs> my job ends with the Bible. Now, if they want to come in and talk about the Lord, we'll do that. If they want to buy a cookie, they can buy a cookie. But I'm not putting no two men or two women on top of no cake and call myself a Christian. You know, if we if we flip, who's left here to speak for God? good grief you know we cave over something like that and there's people over in asia who are having church after midnight when it's dark under candlelight in a dank house and they'll worship god until sunup. and here we flipping over keeping our business so anyway he goes to see elijah he shows up elijah refers to him the troubler of israel in other words you're making trouble for me you ain't making trouble for god's people you're making trouble for the wicked ruler that's what it is 
He says, I've not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's commands and followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? And that's what God's asking people all the time. He's especially asking his people in this nation and in nations in Europe, all of these see because people are either going to go God's way or they're going to be destroyed. And we see it facing us with the Muslim threat. You see it facing you with the uh, minority type threats, the, the gay group, the, the color group, all this, these different little groups that are impinging on governments to seize control of governments and therefore oppress people that they don't agree with. See, you don't want too many people who are so biased to get in government. You want people who stand for the Constitution. We got a law that governs this whole land. We don't have to be partial. Listen, God's pie is big enough for everybody to eat, drink, and be merry till they can't eat no more. But see, people will make you think that there's not a, we got to fight over this. Let this person get this piece and that person get, well, it's our turn to get a piece now. You understand what I'm saying? And God is standing there looking and saying, well, where is somebody who's going to talk for me and let my people know that I have more than enough for everybody? You think God got people on this earth he can't take care of? People will tell you when you go to give money in certain countries in this world, the people never get it. Why? Because the corrupt government officials take everything and don't give those people anything and don't intend to ever give them anything. But when people worship God and when people serve God, help comes. Relief comes. Everything that they need comes. And so God is looking for people who are sold out to him, not people halting between two. Can't figure out, well, I don't know. Uh, is Trump a racist or ain't he a racist? What do you care? You ain't black or white? No way. You're a Christian. Do you know who your father is? And you're worried about how somebody treats you based on something you don't have any control over, like your color? Are you kidding me? You waste your time with that? Arguing with people over something? That's so stupid. Just get yourself to your right idea. Find out who you really are. You find out who you really are, and you'll understand you have nothing to do with all these little petty arguments. Let them argue all they want to. Huh? Everybody wants to rule. Nobody wants to serve. God's looking for servants. That's why people have so much trouble. They don't want to serve. They want to take. They want to oppress. They want to put down. And they want to intimidate. So as long as you're serving God and you know who you are, you're not bothered by that kind of nonsense. You just keep it moving. So Elijah asked these people, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? Huh? If God is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. But sir, make up your mind. See, you don't have forever to make up your mind as a believer. It should have been made up the day you accepted Christ. 
never to never to return back again so he said now how long are you going to waver between two opinions that's verse 20 21 if the lord is god follow him but if baal is god follow him in other words elijah said i'm sick of all this stuff i've been putting up with y'all for the longest time it's time to pony up or ride out of town you got me so the people said nothing so when people say nothing that means they think they can stay in the valley of decision forever there's some people real comfortable there as long as my long as my lights don't shut off long as i have my bridge card my ebt card or whatever they call this different different places you know it's all food stamps like we ain't supposed to know that my money paying your bills huh as long as i got my cell phone i got my uh or it ain't tv no more it's netflix as long as i got my netflix got my hulu see them those are the people that that they live in mcdonald's parking lot or starbucks starbucks will make you buy something mcdonald's parking lot you can get a little internet out there. i haven't been through i haven't been through that where i couldn't get no internet yeah it's free you see mickey d up there and it don't have no you see them golden arches pop up on your phone they don't have no password needed so you just sit there so then the people sit outside at mcdonald's you ever notice that recently it's people outside now they ain't in cars either they just there but they got the netflix and the hulu and they got anything else that's coming up you know the 30-day trial yeah and then cancel it I, all i gotta do is remember my password i can cancel it before they charge me on my bridge card that's michigan ebt or food stamps or whatever it's bridge card right that's what i'm saying they mix it up so you don't know what it is <laughs> So he said but the people said nothing so they're comfortable with the bridge card and the mickey d golden arches internet (laughs) elijah said to them i am the only one of the lord's prophets left see prophets get a little self-pity on them sometimes hey we get tired of y'all hating on us (laughs) i can't help who god made me <laughs> just do my job for God. Try to love on people and be sweet to them. They hate you anyway. You know, you walk up to people in the church and ask them, "Are you okay?" And they get hostile to you. If this ain't a place for help, I don't know what is. Listen, I ain't asking for no other reason than to help you in the lord i can pray for you i can now your girlfriend can pray for you but you may not get the same results if god that miracle's got my name on it you won't get the results from you well, don't don't let me go there okay i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stick with the script as i say stick with the script you know the bible says when the righteous smite me it's a kindness you know a lot of times we're just you know i could pass people by 
and not care if you go home with your same devils you came in here with. Could pass you by. I take a risk of offending you, you sensitive little snowflake. Huh? Take the risk of offending you. You know what I'm saying? Just because I'm a servant of God. Huh? You don't have to like me. You just have to like being delivered. Or like being well. Or like being made whole. Huh? This ain't about this. Jeez, lighten up off yourself. So Elijah says, I am the only person left serving God. Huh? This is what would end his ministry. This deception that he's in now. Because his position has been very hard on him. Uh, see, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to just want to please God and love people and get thrown out of churches. You got me? They give you a ministry one day and they string you up the next. Huh? So it will cause you to run to a cave. Huh? And only trust God. See? And God will have you live like that for a season. I lived like that in and out for many seasons. Just trusting God until he opened up the little cave door a little bit and let some light in. I said, well, I'm getting used to the light, God. Oh. And you get persecuted again. Some woman confessed to me. She said, um, the Lord told me to. She said, I've got terminal cancer. And so do people in my ministry. She said, the Lord showed me it's because we turned people, we lied on you and turned people against your ministry. And God told me, he said, there's a healing for her. He said, I told her to come to you for prayer. And to repent, you know, as a part of that. But she stayed so condemned. And so to remember her assistant came in a wheelchair to the healing school they put we put her on the bus in detroit brought her all the way to cleveland she rolled that wheelchair out of the healing school she was 100 percent whole went home and started got with that family and got with the negative people and eventually died so did her leader she said i listened to a man of god that told me that you weren't supposed to have a ministry she said, whenever we heard people were coming to your meetings, we told them not to go. The man of God she referred to was sued by somebody, not even a member of his congregation, somebody they brought as a visitor and brought her up to the altar for deliverance because they're a deliverance ministry. And she went to court and accused him of touching her inappropriately at the altar. The big scandal. Had to pay her church money. His, he's a minister. He couldn't lay hands on anybody for five years. He was on five-year probation. Could not lay hands on anybody in the congregation. So, you know, you just have to really chill when you're dealing with people who serve God. Now, you may not think much about preachers i don't care about that but you need to know the anointing and be able to discern the anointing you need to know you can only go so far it's not your business where somebody goes to church it really isn't if you care about them you'll pray and you'll let them seek god 
but beyond that you don't step over into that realm because that's god's territory to tell people where to go and where not to go you got me so so you don't fool around in things like that folks you get serious about the things of god and you know just get real you know what i'm saying quit the nonsense and get real so so anyway elijah tells them he's the only one he's whining and carrying on he's sick of this job really and so elijah he says uh the people said nothing verse 22 elijah said to them i'm the only one of the lord's prophets left but baal has 450 prophets get two bulls for us let baal's prophets choose one for themselves let them cut it into pieces etc etc and then the people said what you say is good now elijah is bringing to remembrance things that people remember about serving god so what he's doing is instructing the people in how to let god settle these matters if people don't want to serve god there's very little you can do to convince them until you hear from god and how these matters get settled once you hear from god and how the matters get settled then you pray accordingly you obey god accordingly your best weapon is to serve god yourself if you serve god yourself he will show people through you huh you ever have one of them days where you feel like as people say some kind of way i don't even know what that means i just know what I'm saying. whatever you know what i'm saying you know you just hoping ain't nobody see you in the market halfway dressed huh wanted to take a shower but i feel thought i'd take a chance flipping out without one this morning now old people do that young people don't do stuff like that me and Gigi always say this is old people stuff i know let's get with it i was like i would have could have should have but i didn't uh, anyway that was just it's just me out here and then somebody comes up to you in the supermarket and then god grabs you you know what it is it's like i had a little neighbor one time she was i was in the kitchen we were i was still in detroit at the time i was in the kitchen and i had not yet gotten to dressing because it was only of the the 12th hour (laughs) i dress in the afternoon up until then i'm just in the spirit doing my spiritual i look out the window my neighbor is standing out there now this is a neighbor who had back had fusion surgery in her back i didn't even know she was out the house and our homes where she was right across the fence from me but you couldn't get through she walked all around the block to get to my house and there she's standing out there in my yard barb can you talk to me and i go no huh i said yeah come on in come on in Nancy. Come on. her little palmer she got four pomeranians which to be honest with you i have prayed that they would get lost get, put them under the bus or because at five in the morning she lets them all out at one time and so anyway she's she says my little which whatever one of them was she said he's sick they say he's got he's getting transfusion i said huh and so she tells me i said come on in nancy and she comes up to me like this and goes oh 
Oh, one of them days. So we pray to God. The dog gets a miracle. God raised that dog up. But you ever one of them days where you feel stinky? You say, well, just don't, don't talk to me about God. You don't feel godly. Amen. Well, that's what Elijah is going through, honey. This one of them ungodly days where you just got to function and perform anyway. And so here he is. They're getting ready to have God show them why he, they need to serve him. And this is very important for us as, as people of God to understand God can convince anybody why they need to serve him. I don't care how long you've been praying for somebody and they yet are in darkness. There will be a day, if you believe it and you hold on to it, there will be a day where God will convince those people to serve him. And so Elijah is is in the throes of self-pity and not feeling like he ought to be ministering. But he again, he goes before the Lord and says, I'm going to do this. And so the, the people say, what you say is good. He said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, etc., etc. So they did that. It said they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Allah, you can call on him from morning till noon and he will never answer you. Now you might have some demon that will talk to you or your own conscience might talk to you. But there's no such thing as a living God who answers by the name of Allah. And if there is one, we got a name above every name, right? Our God is a name above every name. When he answers, everybody trembles, huh? Everybody in the house get nervous. Everybody in the house get nervous, huh? They do. James said, you say you believe God and there's no works. He said, at least demons tremble when they hear the name. That's a work. Devil got more faith than people do. So at noon, Elijah began to mock them and talk to them. He said, shout louder. Maybe he slipped. Maybe he went out to lunch. Maybe he's sleeping. Huh? Maybe he's on sabbatical. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom. Demons like bloodshed for power. They can take that blood to the throne of, of God and, and demand power over people for it. That's why I'm anti-abortion. Huh? I don't support anybody who supports abortion. Huh? I don't care how many cell phones they promise you. So it says midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time frantic prophesying frantic real prophets of god are peaceful they'll give you words of peace they don't come get on the internet and say this is for somebody well that ain't who i am my name's barb got me i ain't somebody people sit up there and I caught that, I caught that, I caught that. Catch something else in a minute. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesy, but there was no response. Nobody answered. Nobody paid attention. Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar 
of the Lord, which had been torn down, Elijah took. You see that? Tearing down the altar of the Lord. You start persecuting Christians. The altar that they would offer prayers on for your behalf gets torn down. You can't tell me everybody prays for their enemies and people that hate them. That's a rare group of people. That's a dedicated group of people. Most people you turn on and think, my husband just wouldn't get saved. Well, how long you prayed for him? Mm, when I hear that, I know not long. That translates to three months, if that. Mad most of them. Huh? Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him. He repaired the altar. Elijah took 12 stones. Hello, Israel, wake up. See, the reason God put those things in place is to jog somebody's memory. Oh, yeah, we used to do that. We used to worship. We used to pray. I remember now. We used to, yeah. One for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord and dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seers of seed he arranged the wood cut the bull into pieces laid it on the wood then he said to them fill four large jars of water (laughs) but there's a drought there's a famine water is scarce that's what you give to god you don't get it's why it's called an offering so it's called a sacrifice you take what's scarce, not what's plentiful. That's why the, the widow with the might got a, 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 a standing ovation. Huh? Versus the Pharisees, they gave their chump change. They keep the big part, give the little, it don't hurt them. She gave everything. That's called a sacrifice. That's what we're looking for right here. It might be a sacrifice for you to pray for people that hate you. You got to do it anyway, huh? You got to pray for people that hate you. You know that lady who talked against me? I didn't hate her. I was wanting her to get healed. I said, "Could you please come to the healing school?" Oh, well, I can't be there, but I'll send my assistant. Assistant got healed. She lost it. She got healed. There was a healing there for her. So, so then Elijah said, come here to me, and they came. So we did that. Fill it, fill it full with water. We're in verse 33. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. This is all at the command of the Lord. Water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. So a lot of Elijah's trouble with Israel was an identity trouble. People were so blinded in their flesh, they don't recognize true servants of God. We got a problem with that in the body of Christ, in this country. People, we have mega churches. And I'm not pointing the finger at nobody, but y'all all know the story. When it comes time to really be a Christian, do they show up and do the Christian thing? you got people in your city without homes because they're underwater and you don't open your church. 
now. It was flooded. It wasn't flooded. It was flooded. It wasn't flooded. It was flooded. Open it anyway. Open it anyway. Open it anyway. If it's flooded, open it and let the controversy die. You got me? But do the Christian thing. If my, my neighbor's home was flooded, they could stay in my house as long as they need to. You got me? Within reason. They get to burning pots on the deck and stuff like that. You know, y'all start to tear, fighting each other and tearing stuff up. Now you got to go. I'm going to call, I'm called the popos, get my property back. But you know what I'm saying. Anybody can offer shelters to somebody in the interim. It shouldn't, it should not boil down to a public embarrassment about issues like that. You, you own what used to be their refuge. That stadium would, if the people who own the stadium still had it, it would be a public refuge. Did you know in times of disaster, the government has the right to confiscate property for the good of all? I was a, I was a nurse for some years. Well, I was called and didn't know it quite, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, half in, half out. But, you know, you read your rules when you got hired. And in case of a disaster, they could confiscate you as a skilled worker. They lock them doors and not let you go home until the disaster's over. You get a fire that breaks out in a city and you have nothing but triage over it. You don't go home. You think you're going to punch out, honey, them time cards is history. You don't punch nothing. You stay until they say the decision. When they call one, it's on. When they call it off, it's off. But you stay there the whole time. Everybody's on lockdown. So you don't go home. You can take a nap if somebody will give you some relief, but you don't go home. Your life ain't your own no more. Same thing with certain properties when there is a disaster. Why would you let there be a controversy brewing about that? When you could have fronted that property, you know, just go down to the city and tell them, if anything ever leaps off and y'all need my building, here's the keys. I don't even have to be in town for you to get it. You have keys to my building. You use it. This is God's property. He's in the business of helping people. Here's my offering to the city and to the people. You don't get yourself embroiled in nothing like that. So anyway, he says here, <clears throat> They filled it up, filled the troughs with water. At the time of sacrifice, he prayed, let it be known to you that you are God, let to, to them that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me so that these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. So Elijah goes as far as to prepare the, the sacrifice, and then he makes his petition. He makes his prayer. Yes. He's not up there saying, God, show him. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones. Hey! Woo! Turned it all to mesh. <laughs> burned up the altar, burned up the stones. It all belongs to God anyway. Huh? He said, I accept all of this. Huh? I'm God over all of this. Amen. I'm consuming all of this. All of this belongs to me. And he says, it licked up the, the water that was in the trench. 
when all the people saw this they fell prostrate and cried the lord he is god the lord he is god that's what's going to happen in this nation are you kidding me it's right for that all we need to do is have a people who know like elijah said i'm the only one it don't have to be a lot of people god can say by many or by few or by one he saved the earth by one his son jesus just one amen so he can serve by one many few however but people in this nation are going to know god is god amen god is raising up new you think god's dependent on these religious crazy people sitting up in these churches he raises up new people all the time all you got to do is go talk to somebody about jesus and that might be your new elijah you understand what i'm saying god does what he wants to do when he's done with crazy religious folk he's done with them amen he'll raise up whoever he wants to raise up and as they stay faithful to god they'll prosper they quit they done you see what i'm saying god is going to get his work done so anyway they said the lord he is god so everybody's you know get them elijah while they into it you know what i'm saying sign them up while they into knowing god elijah commanded them seize the prophets of baal don't let anyone get away they seized them elijah brought them down to the kishon valley and slaughtered them there that was god's law elijah said to ahab go eat and drink for there is the sound of abundance of rain or heavy rain now why do you have to tell ahab that he that there was the sound of rain can't you hear thunder can't you hear lightning there's no thunder and lightning here or the bible would have said so but the prophet heard abundance of rain god's people hear what sinners don't you and i know what sinners don't know so that's why they need the man of god so he can tell them what's really going on in the realm of the spirit and he said go have something to eat i know you've been careful about your food and your drink too seeing as how i poured out a bunch of water to god right here but the prophet will always speak as to what they hear and will tell you something that contradicts what's going on in the natural they've already slaughtered an animal they spilled out water but then he tells ahab go eat and drink and celebrate because i hear the sound of an abundance of rain and so what he hears he has to communicate to somebody or the people will not be let me put it this way the more people that hear the truth and believe the truth and act on the truth the more abundantly god can pour out without hindrance see if the prophet's the only one who knows something that's good for him but why do you think god gives him a mouth amen to speak so that he can tell inform people to expect stir up their faith understand what needs to be done and so elijah tells him i hear the sound of abundant rain i hear the sound of lots of rain in other words this is not going to be a dry sprinkle in the desert 
that nourishes one little area and you got to run find it like you've been doing find a little grass here a little grass there so the horses won't starve but i hear abundance in other words the blessing is going to come to you it'll be in your house it'll be in your basement it'll be in your garage it'll be in your car it'll be in your life It'll be for you because abundance means everybody, everybody in the house get happy. Huh? Everybody going to get an abundance. Everybody. It's for everybody, not just for a handful of people or a handful of so-called holy people. Like we, how much time I got, Miss Tanya? Oh, Lord, say it ain't so. Lordy, Lordy, what I could do with 15 minutes. But anyway. What we've had in the body of Christ is an imbalance of money, and I think you all know that. Because we have imbalanced people. (gasps) I can't say that part. Everybody wants to be in the church that's known. You want to be in the church that's on TV. You want to say, hey, he's my pastor. No. Everybody wants to be somebody through somebody else i guess you could say so it's easy to fill up a church based on numbers and excitement of people and attracting people they have people you can hire to tell you how to word your appeals how to fix your preaching so that it appeals to certain people how to sell your books what to say in your book so it appeals to certain people See, that's why we got ministers that started out humble servants of God, and now they're motivational speakers. Listen, my, your problem and my problem is not that we're not motivated. I'm motivated. You just show me where it is and how to get it. I'm very motivated. That ain't my problem. <laughs> they say people. All the weight loss people. Well, this is your mo. Listen, I'm motivated to lose weight. I'm just motivated to cut out them. Now, if you can move that devil and keep that one working, you know, keep him walking right on out the door, you can do that. We got a deal. But I am highly motivated to look good, feel better, jump up out my chair instead of pushing myself up and getting help to get up out of there. I'm all motivated for that. You don't need motivation. You got the Holy Spirit. You got Jesus living in you. You just need to get in your word and get off television. Christian television. People tell you something different every week. Hang on. Let go. Hold up. Speak. Don't speak. You can't confess that. You better not say that. Oh, you got to say it like this. You can't say it like Hold it. Let me get off the train. You understand what I'm saying? Just punch my ticket for something else. So anyway, Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink. There's a sound of a heavy rain. Ahab went out to eat and drink. See, this is, this. remember, he, a minute ago, you're the one who troubles Israel. You're the one who troubles us. Call me number trouble. But you you have fire fall from heaven and lick up water 
and the whole sacrifice and melt all the stones. See, y'all forget what just happened. See, when God does a happening, everybody knows who's God. Huh? Nobody's stupid anymore. Oh, I thought, I, I thought it was okay to kneel during the prayer, but I think I'll stand. Because this is one nation under God. You see what I'm saying? Everybody's got a different reason for doing different things, but when you know God, you know why you do things. The hell people went through to establish this nation and the hell they went through to fight it and keep it pure and the hell we got to still go through to keep it a nation where people can live. Huh? You don't think God's in that? You take the first and second world wars did not change until the United States get involved in them. Gridlock. Till we get involved. So don't tell me we're not a unique and a special nation. Amen. We're unique and special people. But that doesn't mean we don't have problems and faults. Everything run by people is going to have problems and faults. But that doesn't mean God can't overcome them. You don't condemn something just because you think it's a problem with something. Who are you? And you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Huh? Because you think something's all contaminated because there's some people that don't like each other. Well, keep living. You're going to find more of them. Amen? You're going to find more of them. So Elijah then allows the people to see the power of God. That's what we pray for. Father, when witches start putting curses on people, please come back and bless them. When the devil starts condemning people, let's start taking more of them to heaven. Amen. Getting more of them saved. And so we serve a God who can always outdo the devil. Amen. So Elijah needs to continue to show his faith in the prophecy. You're, you're in bad shape when prophet, I mean real prophets shut up. The false ones just let them keep talking because they're going to talk whether you listen or not. They're going to they find a way to publish their little prophecies. And even if they just print them on the, preach on the, uh, you know, put them on post-it notes and stick them all over their house. They're going to find a way. And now with the fifth estate, you know, the internet news and all that stuff, people are putting stuff. That's why people are so confused. So it's easy to get confused if you don't know how to work under the authority of God, plead the blood over things that, that need your protect, need his protection and stuff. So, so the Elijah then has one more job to do, and that is to get this word established in the mouth of two or. So Elijah's one. Who's the second one? Ahab. Yeah, he told him about the... So we need another witness to the abundance of rain prophecy. So Elijah tells his servant, amen? And he tells him to go and look. Now, this is an honor. You know, I'm serious. And, and, and I don't, I'm not talking about being honored because some prophet... You say, oh, prophet's wonderful. Y'all know better, right? Who said that? <laughs> I'm messing with you. It was a setup. I'm messing with you. Five minutes yet? I'm good. Almost. Okay, but anyway, 
it's it's an honor why because you're receiving impartation at the same time you're receiving instruction quit getting offended when people who carry a word of the lord tell you to do something and tell you how to do it huh now you got to listen you're a spirit spiritual person you're not little little snowflake waiting to get offended every time you walk in church you know some you know i'm not going to go there but you know what i'm saying <laughs> Didn't talk to me <laughs> I'm going through. Well, go through and come back when you're through is what I want to say. But you got to love people, but you got to help them too. Love won't let you stay goofed up. I'll put it that way. So anyway, the prophet tells his servant, he says, go look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went and looked. Uh-huh. it's not there baba i call this the rachel syndrome i said rachel go look at your it's not there <laughs> of course it's there you know parents go through that with their children this is a common thing so that you can teach people that you're required to teach in life how to be thorough and how to expect and how to follow instructions so they can follow the instruction of God. This is what God tells you. Go and look. Go and look another time. I know it's there. Why would he tell him to look twice? Because he knows it's there. His obedience hastens it manifesting. Because if he had gone and said, I don't see it, Elijah would have had to go get another servant to go and look until that thing gets established in the atmosphere and it has a chance of manifesting. So the servant being obedient, every time he's going, he carries more faith, more faith. Second time, I don't know why he keeps sending me here. I told him there wasn't nothing there. But he sends him again. So he said, well, maybe there is a chance. And he sends him again. Well, maybe. Well, let me see if it really is. Every time God has you repeat, getting excited, expecting something, declaring it, saying it's mine. It's got to happen. God, you told me it was going to happen. It is mine and it will happen in Jesus' name. Every time you step out, I don't care how many times you got to go look. Seven times, seven times a day, 77 times every year for 77 years. You go and you expect Don't you go and come back disappointed. You go and you expect it to be there. And so when he came back, he said, I see something the size of a man's hand. That's how manifestation starts. Don't you dare go look for something real big so you can go brag about it to somebody. Learn how to recognize the blessing of God when it's in the initial seed form. Learn how to grab onto it by faith when it's almost nothing and barely visible. And you'll get it. I'm telling you, you'll get it. You'll get it because God told you it was there. It's always been there. You the one didn't know it was there. You see a nation of people living in darkness because they don't know what's there. And when you know, you declare it. 
so that God can share his goodness with people. When you declare God is good and he's good to you, you be willing to tell other people how good he is. And that goodness will come and it will sweep a whole nation of people until we establish that our God reigns and he's good and his mercy endures forever. How long are we going to keep God out of everything? You think we're going to live long if we keep him out of schools, out of the public square, out of everything? Are you kidding me? So we're bringing him back. Amen. We're calling God back. Amen. We're calling him back. Because we need him more than we need a paycheck. Huh? You need him more than you need anything. Your neighbor needs him more than they need anything. Amen. So that's our answer, folks. Our answer is God's got to show up and he's got to show up big. Because we got people in utter darkness who don't know the right hand from the left because they can't see from the darkness. You got me? But God, he wants them in the light. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We will go look again and again and again. And we'll keep looking. Come, come, come.